GMGM, everyone. Bonjour. Guten Morgen. Dobro utro. Labrit. That is basically the way how we do it here in Web3 space in Europe. We're happy to have everyone on a weekly episode of Origins XYZ, Web3 show about the origins of the biggest OGs in the space with this European touch. We're live every Tuesday, 2 p.m. GMT, and as always, I'm your host, Nikita Tsikaluk, and I'm here to grow together with you. Make sure that you share the space with your family, friends, because we are live. And today with me, we have a very special guest, because it's a good friend of mine. It's Vini. It's a true vision in the space. Vini, GMGM once again. GMGM, good to see you. What an incredible intro. I've never had to come to a space where the intro is that amazing. So thank you so much. Thank you for your friendship. And yeah, I'm excited to chat today. Woohoo! Absolutely love it. We're trying to keep the energy as high as possible. We have only one hour, but this hour will be enough for people to get recharged and energized for the rest of the week. I see that Katrina just joined us. I'm going to invite her to speak as well. Later this show, I invited Satvik as well. So basically all our Parisian gang uh, who just left Paris. I hope that more people join us. Vinny, we just discussed with you Paris briefly. And we just recently, like literally yesterday at night, I came back from Paris. So definitely NFT Paris, Paris ecosystem will be a huge topic for us to discuss but the main topic to discuss today, and actually there is no big topic, like the topic around being a vegan in the space, the topic about foaming, the topic about being not late in everything that is going in Web3 space, because that is exactly how I can ex- describe you. That is exactly how I can describe uh, your activity in the space, starting from shit postings and coming uh, into more value-based content Having some fun in the space, uh, as we said back in Paris, when we have one life, the same goes with Web3, when we have one Web3. So let's have a lot of fun today and uh, let's just have this friendly conversation about yourself and about your take on Web3. Shall we? Absolutely. That's what we're here for. You know, it's been a wild ride to get to where I am now. And as you can see, I've joined from the Figure account as well, which is the project I'm working with at the moment. So, yeah, going from degenning to actually taking this seriously has been quite quite a journey, to be honest. Yeah, and uh, that's exactly why we're here today, to get to know you closer. What was your story? What is your end goal here? I see that more people are joining us. I'm going to repeat myself. Uh, the space will be recorded. The space will be on uh, all your favorite podcast platform so for those who gonna uh, who cannot make it on time uh, will be out there don't worry let's start with your origin story and i mean origin story before that three because right now people know you as a true shit poster that's one a true nft believer some people even know you as a speaker. I do believe better at uh, back at uh, Ledger Open event in Paris this December. You were pretty, pretty amazing on stage with all these big OGs. So 
let's talk about you being Vini for a moment. Who is Vini and who was Vini before entering all this Web3 madness? So before Web3, Winnie didn't really exist. So as a lot of you know that Winnie is actually a persona and it's actually not my real name. So don't go out there trying to find it. It's, it is easy to find, but like, you know, I kind of prefer to keep that kind of side of me private so that I can be, you know, when I started in the space, I was anonymous. So to go full backstory, before I got into NFTs and all of this, I really wanted to study fashion. I did my undergrad in fashion design, and that's genuinely all I ever wanted to be from about the age of 11 years old. And as I, when I was studying fashion, I really fell out of love with the industry. And I was like, oh, my God, this is all I've ever wanted to be. What am I going to do now? Like, the, the, it was pretty, pretty stressful time. So I took a year out from my, from my undergrad, and I went and I worked in industry, thinking maybe industry is a little bit different to university. But nope, I hated the industry even more. I was like, oh my God, is this what I've been dreaming about my entire life? So I thought, well, I've only got one year left of my degree. I'll go back to my undergrad. Um, I'll finish it and then I'll do a panic masters and we'll see where it goes from there. But during, during my final year, I was doing some boots on the ground research for, for Forbes. I was um, a researcher for an incredible writer on sustainable fashion and fashion tech called Brooks Roberts Islam. And... I went to a talk in 2019 at London Fashion Week by someone called Kerry Murphy, uh, Megan McDonnell, and also by Brooks. And if you know Kerry Murphy, you'll know that he's the founder of The Fabricant. And Megan McDonnell is the one who heads up writing for Vogue Business. And this was the moment where everything in my head just clicked. And I was like, oh my God, this is everything that I want to do for the rest of my life. I went back to finished my undergrad, I wrote my, my, my final dissertation on the symbiotic relationship for fashion, sustainability and blockchain. And hilariously, my professor laughed in my face and thought, oh my God, this is never gonna happen. This is the silliest thing. There is nothing to prove, to prove that this will ever work. You know, like keep dreaming, keep dreaming. And all I'd ever done at uni, I would specialize in textile design. I always did like digital drawings I was like gosh I wish there was a way to like sell these and like you know do this properly and then that also led me down the NFT route but after my undergrad I went and I did a master's degree in computer science and business because I was like right how do I start understanding what it means to like you know I always thought I was just going to be another designer in a fashion house you know but after I found out of that I was like right we've got to do something else so I went back to school I went for another year of school I uh, learned all about that, taught myself to code, got into Web2 startups for a while, started doing front-end development, website development, UX, UI, just kind of doing all of that. And then also paying my way through uni by doing these little jobs on the side. So, you know, I think I kind of left the crypto space, like the blockchain space for a while, mostly because I was a little bit disheartened, but just everything was all over the place. And I was kind of just discovering what route I could do go down. It was a very exciting time. But then COVID hit and, you know, we all fell into fell into this kind of space but I mostly got into like the Twitter side of things I think when did I get into this was it 2020 yeah in 2020 wow but yeah I just started doing social commentary I mean my mom always used to like almost try and ground me for how I used to tweet on the internet and now she finds it really funny that it's landed me partnerships with some of my favorite companies in the entire world it's you know it's it's my little origin story to be honest at the end of the day but to go 
and just yeah I just started tweeting and just doing commentary on the space you know I made a bit of art because I was I did primarily come to the space from an artist did some did some work for a few projects and like the front end kind of things and I was like okay wow this is pretty pretty good but everyone thought I was a dude in the beginning because I wasn't I wasn't docs my name is Winnie and like everyone's like oh you're really funny and then when I finally docs like oh you're pretty funny for a girl and I was like <laughs> I know but it was it was a really great start to the space and I made some and it was super early back then so I'm so lucky to have the friends and the connections that I do from from back in the day as much as it comes from like this kind of from like the pre-2021 bull run I guess and then yeah in 2021 I co-founded Shilla which is S-H-I-L-L-R dot X-Y-Z, which was a growth and strategy company for, for projects because we were living in a time where there were so many rug pulls. We wanted to create almost, not like a protocol, but a, just as decentralized a vetting system as we possibly could to make sure that all these projects that were coming forward were, were safe, you know? And like, you know, um, we put our reputations on the line. There were six of us in the beginning to work with these projects, scale them and get them partnerships. So... That was incredible. We worked, uh, I think our first client was Spotty Wi-Fi and then Poap and Genie's, uh, Genie.xyz. We, we launched Alien Friends, Dowd Ourselves, um, Non-Fungible Fungi. There were some really, really awesome projects that we, that we worked with along the way. And that taught me so much about what it means to, to launch a project. And also during this period, I was just really enjoying working with projects. But there's something special about working with artists. So I was super grateful to have the opportunity to to work in a gallery in Prague and help co-curate co-curate the the gallery there and just do like you know every six weeks do a, do a rotation of artists and just give artists the opportunity to have their work shown all around the world and it was just there was something really 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 amazing about that and then when I was approached to join Figurgot this combined everything that I loved you know working with an OG NFT artist and also being able to build out a project more than just, you know, the two and a half, three months before Mint. And then a lot of the time when we launched a project with, with these brands and stuff, we weren't, we weren't kept on because they thought there was always like, oh yeah, we've got so much hype now, we can sustain it. And, and, and evidently, like, you know, sometimes it just happens post, post that. Like we just didn't really get to stay on with a brand and develop it further. And I was like, wow, finally, there is something that I can stick on with and just see through for as long as possible and just see how much, see where we can take this. Like the IP that Jess has created is just so strong. And it, I left Chilla. I left a good little paycheck to just bootstrap this company with some of my friends that I met in Cool Cats. And I genuinely wouldn't have it any other way. So actually, in nine days' time is the one-year anniversary of our first tweet for Figure Up. And one of my favorite things about it is how annoyed people get that we still haven't minted. And everyone's like, oh, you left, you left, you guys have left. And like, now, guys, we have been here the entire time. And it's like, oh, we've come back. No, we haven't. We have not taken a single moment where we have left this space. I left for the first time in three years last week for two weeks. Well, last week for two weeks because bloody hell I needed it. And bloody hell am I going to need it leading up to this mint. So, yeah, don't worry, guys. We haven't met, left. We're still building, still going, still doing some amazing things. Like, you know, we've already partnered with like Coinbase and ComplexCon and we have our OG Web2 fashion partners as well, which we're building out a collection with that out of LA. And, you know, you see me on the ledger stage, you know, it's, it's not like we're not doing anything. And 
it's we wanted to make sure we had everything in place to launch and be as scalable and as welcoming and just as brilliant as we possibly can be. So yeah, it's taken me a few years to get here, but I'm super excited for the next chapter of, of my journey with launching FigureGot maybe this month. Let's go. I have a feeling that if I had to end the space right now, people would be already satisfied with all the info you just shared with us. But don't worry, guys, we're not going to do. Even though it's a true digital approach, Vinny, I just ask you where you started and you gave me a story of the last five years. Love it. Love it. Absolutely. The problem I'm having right now is to understand how should I cover all this content in the next 14 minutes. Perhaps let's focus on some of the main uh, aspects, some of the main parts, highlights of your career, starting with perhaps people in Web3. Because the tweet that I have just pinned to this space is you being grateful for people in Paris. Not just because you live there, not just because you're biased, but actually because a lot of things are happening in Paris. And you should know it better than anyone. The Paris let's say even like two years ago, a year was a half, it was a completely different Paris in sense of Web3, in sense of uh, all this NFT and crypto-related stuff than it is right now. Yeah, of course, you had Paris Blockchain Week back then. Of course, you had a couple of other events. But I would say that the huge boom around Web3 space, around NFTs happened was the foundation of NFT Factory. NFT Factory that started as the NFT Morning Show with uh, John Corp back a year ago. NFT Factory that uh, launched their NFT, right now have their physical space, and more people started dragging attention to what is happening in Paris with all these conferences, with all these events that were before that mainly focused on blockchain, ECC, for example, uh, Paris Blockchain Week, so DeFi, blockchain, not that much, NFT and all this Dijon stuff. Right now, Paris is the center of Europe, and I do believe that uh, all of you guys will agree with me. So what was your decision-making uh, for moving to Paris? I know that you have a whole family story around it, but have you ever imagined back then that Paris going to be the center of Web3 in Europe? Have you ever imagined, have you ever, I don't know, questioned your move to Paris, whether it should be London, whether it should be Lisbon, Berlin, or whatever? And uh, how are you enjoying Paris right now, specifically in terms of Web3? For sure. I mean, I moved to Paris about two and a half years ago when I was finishing my master's. And... If you don't know much about what's happening in the UK, what happened in the UK around that period, it was Brexit. And Brexit was the first thing that I voted in and I voted to remain. I think, you know, the older generation taking away the younger people's right to move within our continent was quite possibly the most selfish thing I have ever witnessed from the elder generation. Um, if you look at the voting skews, it was ridiculous and it was just, you know, all my life, I wanted to live in France. I'm actually from an island off the coast of France that is under the Queen's reign, but not her law, which didn't allow my friends or anything who weren't at university in the UK to vote on the referendum. Um, I was lucky. That was my first ever time voting. 
I'm still bitter about the fact that a, ref a referendum does not mean an exact vote. It means, you know, it's a judgment of how the public would vote. And the government took that as gospel. And it was just the most upsetting thing for me. And for I got out of the UK as soon as I possibly could. I moved here. Um, I was part of an accelerator, which was part of a university, which granted me technically a student visa, which gave me five years to live here. So I'm halfway through, which is really, you know, it's, it's upsetting for me to think that I only have two and a half more years left to live here. And, but then after that, hopefully I can get my French passport and, and uh, permanent residency because I do not see myself living anywhere else in the world except for Paris. Um, I'm really, I'm really lucky. Like I, when I was an intern, I had the opportunity to live in, to live in New York. I was an intern for Jeremy Scott and Moschino. And then actually last year, due to certain circumstances that we do not talk about anymore, I unfortunately had to move to LA for a few months and I didn't enjoy LA. So I moved to London and then I still didn't really love London. I was like, gosh, what is missing in my life? And I still had my apartment in Paris. So I went back to Paris and I was like, this is genuinely where I'm meant to be. Uh, you look at the history of Paris and you see the greatest artists in the world, the greatest, some of the greatest minds are just drawn. I'm not saying that I'm one of the greatest minds. Oh my God. But like, <laughs> you know, all the greatest minds and it like get drawn to this city somehow. And it's, it's so true. There is a, a pull that you have to be in Paris. And I felt, I felt it so strongly that I had to come back here. Um, the first time I really noticed, so when I first moved here, I was actually living at this place called Station F, which some of you, if you're based in Europe, might know. It's one of the largest startup accelerators, like accelerator bases in the world. They have about a thousand startups coming out of there, run by LVMH, Google, Facebook. It's, it's a really cool place. I was pretty much rejected from every accelerator there. And then like last year, invited back to speak, which I find very funny. Um, but I was living at their, um, they had like a, like a block where everyone who was a entrepreneur in Paris could go and live there. Like, depending on whether you're part of Station F or not, you just have to prove you had a startup and they gave you pretty, pretty affordable housing. And there was a little niche clique of us who were kind of interested in crypto. And then we all went to ECC 2021 together. Uh, I was a volunteer there which I think was really heightened my experience of because I got to meet so many incredible people. But that was the first time I really saw that Paris was a genuine hub for, for crypto. And then, yeah, it wasn't, I didn't even realize that like Ledger was here till last year. And then, you know, NFT factory popped up and then it was the end of last, from like summer last year, everything just started to pop up. And it was just, Literally, it's the last half of the year. Literally, like starting from June, July of last year, I do believe Metaverse Summit, the first edition organized by Yingzi, somehow also created this hype. And around that time, it was when the NFT factory also launched their NFT collection. So basically, more people up to 1K were able to join as members. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, when, well, you look at um for the ledger open the turnout of people for that that was just like incredible and then you've got obviously tiffany's and alex Arnault and everyone getting involved from that and like, i bloody hell i did not expect the incredible turnout of people at nft paris i really really didn't like that first night with the ledger party it felt like you know 2020 2021 vibes of just you know, genuinely just all the homies were just there and everyone knew each other and it genuinely felt like a high school reunion after five years. But it was just everyone who's been around, who's stuck around, 
just here to hang out and the vibes and like you wouldn't expect that we were in a bear market it was just how everyone was just having a really great time so yeah I I do not see myself living anywhere else but Paris I think it's I think it's a world center I think it's the center of Europe for me it's so much it's so easy to take direct flights to Asia to the US it just and I have a cute little apartment here and I just I love my little life here so much I don't see myself being anywhere else <laughs> I love it so much and you know what I think about Paris as well you know what are my future plans for Paris so I cannot agree more with you that Paris is the center and Paris is a lovely place especially if you're coming from this art slash fashion industries it's like I think you've cut must off have, must be for sure can you hear me now Can you hear me properly? No, I can't hear you. Can everyone else? Okay, I'm seeing Phil give thumbs up. Is it just me? I think it's just me. Wait, I'm going to rejoin. Maybe you can hear Hello. Hey, hey, you're back. You can hear me now? What the frick? What the frick is going on? <laughs> okay, guys. Oh, it's working now. Some... There we go. <laughs> you can hear me. Yeah. Let's go. Sorry about Let's that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, all good, all good. Because people were reacting. I can hear you, what are we on? But we're back. You can hear me now properly, right? All good. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you now. Amazing, let's go. I was saying that you know what are my plans for Paris. You know how I feel about Paris and definitely you coming from this art slash fashion background. Paris is a must-have. Actually, just scrolling through your Twitter, I realized that some time ago you changed your PFP from the lovely clone. I don't remember if you told me the story behind it. Have you sold it or did something happen? No, so I still have my clone. I still absolutely resonate with my clone. Love my clone. Community, Ferry and the audience, I love you so much. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but it's just, you know, we're we're launching soon, so it does only seem correct to be repping figure god even though this actually a little bit of alpha this isn't the final art the art is getting redone again for the fourth time but you know i've got to be i've got to be repping figure god i love it i saw that uh anna ragtail has just joined us i wanted to invite her but she already left but nevertheless hopefully she'll come back Yeah, about Paris, it makes total sense for me. And uh, another aspect of your life, because that's basically, you remember when we were back in Paris, I was telling you the absolutely same story that Amber, who is uh, another uh, co-founder of The Fabricant, so you mentioned Carrie, there is Adriana, and there is Amber, another wonderful... Did you mute yourself? Did I? Can you hear me now? Yeah. <laughs> that. That's with our spaces. We love it. That's with our spaces. We love it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was telling you about uh, Amber 
from the fabricant. She had completely the same story with her uh, thesis. And I do believe that uh, the fact that so many people faced it back at university, like, I mean, what it was like three, four, five years ago, it shows that the world is still not ready. The world is still not ready for this digital transformation, digital uh, communication or whatever. Uh, you know Danny from The Drop. The same story. Thesis yeah, around sure, yeah. thesis around digital fashion. People were laughing at her. Look at her right now. So that's quite interesting that regardless of all this preliminary feedback you got, you still keep fighting for it. So let's touch upon your fashion aspect of life. You coming from traditional fashion and for people who know you in real life, you're a freaking candy. I really love how you look in all your outlooks. I really love how you look on a daily basis, like without actually putting, I do believe, too much effort. You actually look amazing. And uh, as discussing all these latest collections, latest drops, What's your take on digital fashion and uh, would you consider moving to digital fashion full-time later on? Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Um, That means so much to me because I actually don't, I have a really small wardrobe because I haven't really lived, I've been like pretty much nomadic for the last three years. And I think one of the reasons I love Paris so much is because this is like the first genuine home I have had for myself in like a permanent home in in seven years. So right now I'm just kind of working on like actually redefining my style because I was like I feel like my outfit my wardrobe's pretty basic, but I have like my staple pieces that I work around and I love yeah. it. And I <laughs> truly mean it. There's a couple <laughs> couple of pieces that you are combining. You always look amazing. I mean it. Oh, thank you. But yeah, I love fashion. I think it's just like so for me, I grew up um I grew up on an island going to a very religious all-girls school where you have to wear your kilt and a blazer and like you know if you were caught not wearing your blazer outside of school you'd get a detention and like I grew up in a really strict and military household so for me wanting to do fashion was just something like I just had to get out of this like genuine cage that I felt like I was I was always in so so like my last, if you don't know too much about the UK schooling system, for the last two years, you can go to a different school. And I went to a sixth form and I just dressed as outrageously as I possibly could. But while staying within the lines of the few rules that they were for like, you know, you have to wear a suit or trousers or whatever. But I was turning up in like full tartan suits and just seeing how far I could push this. Um, and I think that's one of the most beautiful things about digital fashion, about where fashion is going now. It's just there are there are no rules with it and I just love using fashion as a way to to express like you know to, to just you know you feel good it's great it's you know it's we, we all know we all know what that's like but for digital fashion I think there is a big misconception and was just still not ready for it because people just don't understand it and I genuinely don't think right now that digital fashion as it is like you know AR VR all that kind of stuff is going to be the thing that onboards us. I think it's super fun. I think it's an incredible skill that people have to be, to be able to create these garments, like, you know, using close 3D and using AR, VR and all that kind of stuff. I think it's awesome. But I don't see it being, like, it's just not practical. I think there are so many other cool ways that we can integrate blockchain into the fashion industry. So using, like, um, 
you know, all the protocols and everything for authenticity and tracking supply chain. And, you know, you can even just, you know, data sets and cross conglomerate data sharing between fashion houses so that, you know, all the brand, all the shops that are under one fashion house have your data and instead of having to share it and like, you know, giving you personalized experiences. I think there is so much more to digital fashion than just like, you know, a digital wearable. Like you look at some of the metaverse lands and all that kind of thing. There's just not the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's just not the mass amount of people who are using those. One thing that I'm super excited about though is Roblox. And for me, I, it makes me feel a little bit boomer, even though I am only like 25, but Roblox is something completely wild to me. But we're seeing some huge drops of like fashion on there from like fashion houses. But then you have the concern of fidelity. Like, you know, it's, um, they're all just like little pixel squares. And if you want to do something that's like outrageous and detailed and 3D and, you know, at FigureGot, we really love what we do with 3D rendering, what Jess does with 3D rendering and like, you know, making it as realistic as possible. It's like, when are we going to get to that standard of implementing that in, in like, mporgs and stuff like that so it's just about understanding what route is fashion going down and like not limiting it to just being to being one thing like for me i don't really ever see myself going into the digital fashion kind of realm like i'm i'm a physical girl i'm chief IRL officer i love things happening in real life so for me it's gonna be how do we make nfc chips and fidgetals bleh, like as streamlined as possible you know it's not like having like weaving an nfc chip into a garment is not good enough for me how do we put it into the fibers how do we make it as like untamperable unimmutable like as as immutable as possible because and also how do we get rid of qr codes for the forever i hate qr codes everyone knows that i have this absolute disdain for how this little black and white square is our that was created before i was even born is still our great gateway between the physical and the digital world. There is just so much like exciting things that we that we could be doing that just, you know, isn't putting a phone up over someone and they're wearing a janky dress. Sorry for the rant. <laughs> I really love your take. It was really detailed and I fully agree with you that digital fashion in a form it is right now, that's not the way to mass adopt masses. For sure, we're going to have like this fun element, which I do believe is actually wonderful that we can use it already right now. I don't remember you being at DressX event uh, two days ago on Monday. But actually, what DressX did, they had uh, all the screens, big sizes, like I don't know, two meters uh, in high and small sizes, like your laptop where people could come, like a photo booth, you know, instead of like taking pictures, just just pictures for sake of fun, you could actually put some uh, of the latest collections on yourself. And some of these goods are truly good. Like some of these collections are just like real, real stuff that you can go outside and buy in the shop. Some of them were more imaginary, like dragon suit or whatever. But it's a cool way for people to engage at parties. It's a cool way for people to stay active and if it's one of the way how people can learn about digital fashion by being present there, by attending these conferences, I have nothing against it. So I do believe that it's going to take us some time to find this ideal uh, golden middle, let's put it this way, to combine physical plus digital, where definitely physical should have the main role. You wearing these goods, you 
shillings is good in real life, etc. But nevertheless, uh, thanks for your take. I really appreciate that. I do believe that this transition to from fashion, from you moving to Paris, you studying fashion, to actually entering Web3 full-time happened partially because of your posting. And uh, prove me wrong, but that's how I take it. I do believe that one of your golden tweets, and I'm actually, for the last 10 minutes, I've been trying to find it, so if there is a way you can do it faster was your tweet about seed phrase for Ledger. So I want to talk for a bit about you being an OG sheet poster because that's the way how some of the people know you and as well your connection with Ledger. Because as you said, before moving to Paris, you didn't know that Ledger was from there. And Ledger right now is the top one company in security, top one arguably company in mass adoption, like bringing people on chain through their devices and that's the way through your shitpost actually how you found out about them i know that right now you're really close with ledger just like i am you're one of the besties with kitty you're well connected with ian rogers all other guys so just share your origin story of creating some let's put it this way less value more creativity and like some Dijon stuff around your tweets back then and how you connected with Ledger. Yes, that is the exactly tweet I was talking about. So glad I finally set my Ledger up safely first. And like for people who will be listening for us, uh, to us on podcast platforms, basically Vini is uh, holding her Ledger. It's not, it's not even a Ledger. It's back. a jewel. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, now, now I see it. Yeah, it's like... It's like me, meme on meme. Let's go, girl. So let, let us know how it all started. So yeah, I obviously I've known about Ledger for for absolutely years, but like I didn't know that it was part. I didn't know it was set up in France. I thought it was probably like a San Fran one, you know, like most startups are, you know, out of there. But yeah, super surprised to find out that it was based out of Paris. Um, but yeah, I've just always been a huge fan of self custody. And I'm very much against the institutionalized banking systems. I used to work in private finance for a long time. And just working with that was just like showing me how much of a SHIT show it, it all was. But I like, and especially when I was running discords and all of this and running growth for a lot of, um, a lot of projects, just the lack of education of safety for me just was mind-blowing for for a lot of these people who are entering the space like I remember when I was um working with Dowd ourselves and I was just you know helping out in the help channel on the discord and people were like oh my gosh um my Darcel got stolen can you stop the block can you like get it back for me and we're like bruh no I can't I can't do that what yeah what I mean like call call the support team you are not here to help them they were like they were like can you stop can you stop Ethereum and can you get me my, can you get me my NFT back? I'm like, bro, you signed the transaction away. I'm like, I'm done. Really sorry. I can't, I can't do anything about it. So I just, I just, it mostly came from a place of frustration of having to um, just deal with people who just didn't educate themselves and what um, security was in the space. So like, I just made a mission to like, if I can meme about it, people will pay more attention to it. Like, people don't want to read Borland. This is how you said a ledger thread. It's just like, so I did that, and people were getting, oh, my God, I'm so mad you put your seed phrase there. I'm like, you just got Rick rolled, bro. 
Like, and that would then, people would then read the comments, say, like, they were trying to understand the joke or whatever, and then they'd see that, you know, oh, shit, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't share my seed phrase. So it's like, how do we educate people in a way that makes it super easy, easy to learn? And I thought that was the best way to kind of to kind of go about it. Like I'm a ledger maxi. I think I'm about like I've got seven now. And then when Stacks comes out next next month, oh, this month I'm gonna have eight. I'm super excited. But um, the way I got close to the ledger team was just just through the girlies, really. Like all the girlies are just kind of friends, like TikTok girlies, uh, making content. And then like let's just let's all hang out. And Katie invited me to speak at the Ledger Open on like security and all this kind of thing. I did tweet. I used to, like there was one time I tweeted about. I was actually there was a big period last year, probably about this time, maybe April last year, where there were a lot of people trying to impersonate me on Discord and Instagram and stuff like that. And on Discord, someone pretending to be me managed to clear out a one project, like their community of thirty thousand dollars, by scamming them. And people come to you like, oh, yeah, like, what are you going to do about it? I'm like, bro, I, I, it's not my problem. Like, I'm so sorry that happened to you, but I'm not giving you 30 grand, like your community 30K, because they make mistakes. Like, it's not, like, why, it's, it, like, it's just, this kind of education for me is so, so important. And it's just, yeah, when Katie asked me if I want to speak on NFT security, I mean, it was a really great panel at the Ledger Open because you had, like, the CTO of Ledger, you had myself, you had, Render, the artist who was accidentally scammed like you know a few years ago but never happened to him again so i'm so lucky touch friggin wood nothing bad has ever happened to me because i've always pushed myself to keep everything as secure as i possibly can so i'm just hoping that that i'm always doing enough i'm really hoping that i am and i just really hope that everyone else doesn't go with that mindset like oh it's no, it would never happen to me when someone is like you know uh crypto native and is due diligent as someone like fuck around that can happen to so just you know security is just so so important and it's something i'm really pushing at figure got as well but like even prior to launch like ensuring that we have proper mint etiquette followed by all our holders to ensure that like no one gets hurt because there is nothing worse than having a member of your community scorned it's just it's heartbreaking and at the end of the day you can't really do anything about it because if it's that like you know you don't know if you're then going to get scammed like you know someone could just lie to you and be like oh i got scammed when they didn't and it's just you know we're building trust in a trustless system so it's you know it's in ledger we trust in stacks we trust you know we've got a in self-sovereignty we we trust so yeah it's it's a difficult one but it's just been really great to build out the relationship with ledger oh actually the ledger open wasn't the first time i was i went to a dinner with them i was invited to one around the corner from here it was the Proof X Ledger dinner, and I was really lucky. I used to have a Moonbird and kind of knew some of the community and team from that. But yeah, just getting to sit down at this dinner and just speak to them and just see and just really learn so much about the about them and everything that's going on. It was just, and I got to meet people. That was very surreal. Walking to a room, I was like, oh, it's just gonna be a cool little Ledger dinner, just be a Ledger team and all of this. Friggin' people was there, and I like, I just, I don't know, I just, you know chain i just smoked and drank this is dope <laughs> it was crazy you remember you remember ledger's cocktail party back in december like all the ogs of ogs came directly from miami uh our basil that basically ended the day before so ledger know how to party ledger oh, know how to connect people Led- these guys are amazing oh truly like if you ever get invited to a ledger event do not say no 
because these guys, the team is so friggin' nice as well. So just, yeah, just do it. You will have the time of your life. And they're like, all these boys and girls, like Mo, Gaspar, Ian Rogers, like take all of them. They're smart. They're cool. They're like the ones that you want to be around, the ones that you want to learn from. Love it. Not your keys, not your coins. It's that simple. And I'm really happy that you share with us your shitposting origin story because that's basically another way how you can learn about Web3 space. It's not only about this papers like Vitalik posting about Soulbone Token and you're going through this 60 plus page report, but actually through some memes, through some fun way, I do believe that Web3 can and should be fun. And that's what we're uh, discussing with another good friend uh, of ours, Evan McMullen from Disco XYZ. So shout out to Disco XYZ family that community aspect of Web3, everything that we're building here should be fun. We need to have this energy. We need to have this emotions. Otherwise, it's like another technology that we're just using without understanding and without having any kind of fun. So definitely... Before we go to figure God, I do just uh, want to touch on that as well. Actually, um, I was on a ledger space last night, and we were talking about ordinals. And I don't know too much about interacting with ordinals as it is, but like I've noticed that it's brought like a bit of fun back to Bitcoin. And I was uh, speaking with Udi, who uh, founded the Taproot Wizards. He was like, "Yeah, it's bringing back like the 2011 Reddit days thing." And then there was some Bitcoin guys who were like, "Oh no, we shouldn't be doing this." And I'm like, "No." This is making Bitcoin less boomer. It's the ordinals are making it fun. Whereas like Bitcoin is genuinely the older generation kind of kind of coin. And ordinals is actually bringing in the younger people who want to interact with it. So and like that's why I did that little tweet last night about, you know, you can still be a silly goose while saving the world. Like there's nothing wrong with being a silly little goose sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that is the way in Web3 space because you never know what will be relevant in weeks from now? You never, like, the best thing that you can do, the best thing that you can create is something that has been already created here and just innovate it. So definitely, that's the way for Bitcoin. Before we move to figure God, and as you see, I left this topic for the very end of the space for a specific reason. I want to ask you, how do you like Ledger Stacks? Yes, I'm actually waiting for it. It's arriving first half of next month, first half of April. I've been waiting for it for a while. I want a couple of those. I love the Ledger Stacks. I think it's exactly the right move that we should be taking from a UX and uh, from a UX UI perspective. I think for some people, um, ledgers can be quite intimidating to use with like making mistakes and you know, or all of that kind of jazz. And I think we're so used to working with. You know, going from iPods to mobile phones, it's entered to the iPhone. It's it's just the natural progression of how we interact with the screen. And I think it will make it so much easier for people to interact with it. I think my only issue, and I think this will just be addressed, like eventually, I do think for some people, it may be a little bit too expensive. And I can really understand the pain point of that. And like how a normal ledger is about, you know, the um, the Nano S or whatever it is, is, is like 69 and 79, 79 euro, which is a lot more of affordable price point. And like, I've got like six, uh, six or seven of the regular ledgers just because they're a really cheap way to diversify where I store my assets. Whereas I think, 
I haven't quite decided what I'm going to be using. I think for my snacks, it's more going to be my hot wallet. I think I will move over onto my snacks just because it's going to be something that I'm using every day and something that I'm going to be interacting with in a more human manner. And that's something I kind of want to just get more natural with. I like, you know, I've got my regular ones and they're just the kind of ones that I use every once in a while. So it's just not that ergonomic, but this feels a lot more fun to interact with and I'm going to look forward to using it every day. Absolutely. Been using the regular one, both X and S for a while. And I'm really intrigued to what this stacks ledger gonna bring in terms of mass adoption because it's much easier to use it like i remember giving interview for ledger back in december uh, when i was asked like what inspires you what what are you intrigued the most it's actually the way how we're going to use this uh new device it's nothing new for us we've been using smartphones for over 10 years now so it's like so much logical it's so much effective for the use so yeah shout out to ledger team once again you are doing amazing work guys let me read loudly this one line poor crypto and nft natives wanting to bring this nostalgic wonder to the timeline that's basically one of the first lines that people can see from figure God manifesto that I just pinned to the top of this space. That is basically the way how you approach space. And for people who have been listening for us throughout the whole space, they should understand that you've been always here for bringing this education, for bringing more clarity on what is going in the space in a more fun, in a more entertaining way. There is a lot of things that has been cooking on the side of figure God for a while. So let us know what can we expect and what is in the process right now. One sec. My brain just malfunctioned and like I just didn't register the last two sentences. I'm really sorry. Could you repeat that? Yeah, really simple. I'm just asking. You've been working hard on your side for a while. So let us know what have you been working on what people can expect from you entering Q2 together with uh, Figure Goat. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, did, like, I was just reading the Discord and be like, so we have our Mint is coming up soon within the next few months. Very short, short period of time until um, everything gets finalized. We're just, you know, going through the final art again and pushing it before, before Jess can change it again. When I say this, our fourth iteration of the art, it's it, it's worth it. Let me say that. We have been, I say we, Jess is this the genius, incredible artist behind this. So the main thing that we are just really focusing on right now is launch strategy and partnerships and getting those out. And then we also wanted to ensure that everything that we have behind the scenes is really ready to go once we launch and hit the ground running. Like we don't believe like, you know, even with like BAYC, it was nine months or so for them to get their super plastics um, sculptures, which I just don't think this space moves fast and we should move, we should move with it. And like everyone is coming to the timeline, you know, we're launching a project and like everything's happening really, really fast. And then the, 
the Twitter's only been around for a month and then they're launching an NFT. It just doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. I don't think that is how you prove sustainability in the space, and I don't think it shows that you like you know stop proving longevity. It shows that you here, you want to make a bag, you want to leave. And you know, after everything that we've done with you know, we went to ComplexCon and we were working with Coinbase, and it's just we wanted to prove that we can build activations, we can build real life experiences, we can build products, we can do partnerships, we can utilize the partnerships that we have from our previous careers, and and do that, and also. We're a really young team, and I think people genuinely forget that about us. Like, I am, I am the boomer on the team at 25, and then the youngest is Cal at 19. So it's just like, we've got a, and I understand like a lot of uh, other teams, like Luca, I think is only what, like 24, and uh, Frank Degods is 23. Like, there's a lot of young teams out there, but, you know, we just want to, prove that we can do this correctly like and also that we're not going anywhere like we didn't make money over the last year i quit my job you know it's i want to show that we can be here and we can sustain it we've bootstrapped it all entirely ourselves we don't think about taking money and you know we're like barely we're paying ourselves a little salary from it but everything goes straight back into the community fund or is going into building what we're building next so it's just we just want to enter this space correctly I mean, like for me, it makes so much sense because if you want to build a sustainable long-term project, and once again, taking into account that no one knows what will be relevant there in a couple of weeks, couple of months in this fast-changing Web3 space, you need to build for people, with people. And the way to do so is to build a loyal long-term community to reinvest into your project, to show with all your actions that you actually believe in the project, that you are here, not that much for money, perhaps right now. You have enough money to leave, you have enough money to enjoy your life, but for you, it's more about bringing some innovation, onboarding more people to the space, and uh, brings this joy to the whole Web3 space, that right now is so misunderstood by many people, so misbelieved, misvalued. Just give it another five to 10 years. You're going to see what we are building here right now at this day. And we're here to make sure that on this day, we have everything prepared, everything done to stay here long-term, to bring the result in the next year. So, Absolutely enjoy hearing from you all these words and what you have to, uh, what you are working on. And uh, I'm definitely one of those who is waiting for your incredible art dropping in the upcoming months. As Satvik said back in January, need, want, desire. That's basically what I feel when I look at your PFP and that's the feeling that I have that the quality of art gonna be massive. I, I'm gonna love it. We all gonna love it. Oh, one hundred percent. Like, wait, you said so many great things, and my brain is going a hundred miles an hour. But um, wait, you said something really good like a minute ago. What did you say? And I'm so ready to like bounce off of that. For my, for my little lady, <laughs> it's my little lady HD brain, especially when I start talking about figuring out. So, like, the main thing for us is just like the nostalgia. And just being able to bring on that and yeah, just bring some genuine joy to this space. I think that is just like 
the one of the most important things for us and like you know actually creating quality art and sticking around and like we have the sickest community for like something that people don't even have a monetary investment in like shout out to the little frickers mike in the discord for distracting me and making my brain even more difficult to run but yeah it's just we just started this as a little group chat with our with our friends and some sick ip and the main thing that like i think with nft projects we're not going to onboard the next million people with staking, like freak staking. People want to see cute little things. Like, you know, we, the first time I saw the video that just showed me, I was like, I'm quitting chiller and I'm joining this. Like, I don't care what happens with this. I'm going to try. This just makes me so excited. There was something so incredible about just seeing that first video that just made me, run, made me go, I want that. I want to be involved in that. Say less, say absolutely nothing. I'm in. So I think like, we want to just create this IP that is like so recognizable. I always use the weird um, simile of being like somewhere between minions and supreme. Like we've created such a, an incredible figurine that people are really recognizing now. And that's how we want to onboard people, you know, by like creating this thing that people are interacting with without even realizing it's part of a crypto project. Like when we were at ComplexCon, we had a booth. Yeah, it was in the Coinbase thing, but we had absolutely nothing on our booth that pointed towards us being a NFT project. And people just wanted to get involved for the art. You gotta, that's the only way that you're gonna get people involved in this space is by if you like tug on those little heartstrings and be like, oh my God, this reminds me of like Pokemon or Toy Story or like something like that. Like this world that we live in right now is absolutely bloody soul crushing, you know? And everyone right now is looking for that little bit of happiness. And if we can do that just a little bit for a group of people, I think we've done our job. And then if we can create some, like, I love collecting things. I love plushies. That's my favorite thing. If I can do that, and like, I'm a 25 year old woman and I still love collecting little soft toys because we all have a damaged inner child. Uh, the generation above us has some, has some wild things going on. So, you know, we've just gotta, we gotta do what we gotta do to get by. And I think, I think figure out really kind of symbolizes that at the end of the day. <laughs> We're going to do what we're going to do. Just enjoy yourself, have a lot of fun, and uh, have a lot of belief in Web3, specifically what we're doing here right now. 100%. Winnie, you're one of the best. You know that, right? Thank you. I'm trying. <laughs> I loved our today conversation so much. Uh, like, I'm freaking shaking right now because we had everything. We got rugged from Twitter spaces, we get started later. We're like, we're having so much fun out here. And that is basically the beauty of this Web3 space. Thank you very much, my dear, for being such an inspiring and amazing person in this space. Thank you very much for being my close friend. I really enjoy it, I really love it. And thank you for being with us today because the show was freaking amazing. I'm happy that some of our friends, uh, Katrina, Hannah, managed to join us as well. And uh, I hope that the rest of you really enjoyed it because Vinny, she's truly one of the best out there. Thank you so much, as always, for just, you know, hanging out with me. You are such an incredible friend and such an incredible person in this space and doing so much and so grateful for you in the show. And just, yeah, thank you for, like, hanging out last week and just for the best time. So grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you, my dear. It's been a while in making. We finally made it. You know that I'm coming back in Paris in less than three weeks. You know that we're going to have a lot of fun out there already trying to understand what should we plan. Beforehand, 
other than that, guys, as always, I'll be back next Tuesday, 2 p.m. GMT. We're going to have another wonderful guest who is Carly Rayleigh from Bankless, overpriced JPGs. We're going to have a lot of fun out there. Today's space was recorded and will be available on all your favorite podcast platforms. Thank you very much for joining us today. Guys, remember, you're amazing. I love you all. Thank you so much. And thank you to the figure community. All of you in the Discord are hounding me now. You're all amazing. Free- Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go, guys.